Welcome to The Feast, brought to you by Spinebuster Sports. The Feast by Spinebuster Sports. Trees and green and questions from Facebook. Oh, you mean the 35-point win didn't go to overtime, Kyle? (laughs) Points. We all get points. (laughs) Talk to the hand. I'm not spreading. Full spread. I don't spread for the roses. No, I hate hate Ohio. Pound sign me on Twitter. Welcome to The Feast by Spinebuster Sports. And as always, we're hosted by Sox Sanchez. Where have all the cowboys gone? Episode 28 of The Feast. Brought to you by Spinebuster Sports. No cowboy in the room tonight. So this is the Where Have All the Cowboys episode 28 version. Pound cake to my left. Jokers to your left. No clowns. I guess I'm the clown this week. Uh, Socks here. Welcome. Episode 28 of The Feast. Thank you once again for tuning in on your Tuesday morning or Tuesday afternoon or Thursday night. Some Sometime during the week. Uh, we're Friday gonna, poop time. Friday poop time. Um, you had to leave or work early because you wanted to time. Yeah. You know, maybe you just have to go to for a drive and listen to our voices to calm things down. Anyway, once again, thanks for listening. Today's episode, we'll do a little talk to the hand. We're going to do our top 10 favorite sitcoms of all time, which should be a fun shit show for all of us. And Oh, yeah. How come you didn't put Seinfeld number one? I'm already, I'm already getting those texts in my head. Uh I watched a little bit of Combine over the weekend. We'll dabble into that a little bit. Not that. We, I mean, I can't really. After I said the Combine is kind of like one of those things that. Blah, 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 and then yeah. I, I watch it all weekend. So. Right. Go me. And then we do have some poetry this week. Ooh, poetry. And. Red Wings. Uh, new acquisitions. Waves. Yeah. Potential wave. trade bait. Ah. Uh, it's hard to think of what's going through Stevie Wise's mind right now because there's so many things. We were we talked about Jacob Chikrin from Arizona, mm. you know, a month or so ago. Whether or not this is the right time to look into that, apparently we looked into it, and now with the whole Zadina thing being a a piece, you know, even potentially Tyler Bertuzzi being a piece because sell him high, yeah, something to. You know, when he was in Tampa Bay, Steve Eisman wasn't necessarily love when he traded Le Cavalier and Martin St. Louis. So, you know, it's a business and we're trying to win, you know, sell high, maybe get a player and a youth and a pick out of Bertuzzi. I'm just saying, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later, though. Yeah, for sure. Kyle, how's the week, buddy? Good, buddy. You know, uh, work as always. Woo-hoo! Yeah, it was a blast. You know, uh, at, this is episode 28, but you know what uh, came out 28 years ago today, which shaped mine and your video game playing lives oh what mario ken griffey jr major league baseball oh episode 28 28 years people remember playing that game obviously it was one of the most you know arcade fun baseball games probably ever made in my opinion Mm -hmm. but the fact that they had all fake names as the rosters i there was my super nintendo version before somehow i got effed up had every single person legitimately i had a just a timely baseball almanac that had every even if you pitched a third of an inning you were in that almanac and i, I nailed every single one of them yeah i changed all the names for the mariners in that game to the players on the team yeah so i yeah uh, i just remember fred mcgriff was the crime dog uh deon sanders was neon Dion. prime time um what other ones i think uh cecil fielder was big daddy <laughs> something like that but anyway yeah that yeah that did shape uh i remember 
I had that volume up so loud one time as a kid that my dad was was calling from work and I didn't answer the phone because I was just rocking that game. <laughs> that was a fun day. Yeah. Uh, speaking of episode twenty eight, the Prince Fielder episode, Beef Stew episode, Beef Kyle, Stew. that's your boy, J D Martinez. Yes, he gusted Lindstrom. I'm pretty sure Thomas Sandstrom was twenty eight for the nineties for us back in the day. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, Steve Duchesne maybe. Chris Johnson, number twenty eight, as the Cowboys said last week, Joe Mixon. Joe. Excuse me, Joe Mixon. Yes, sir. So a good, a good. I can't believe we made it this far in a weird way. Yeah. But we, regardless, we have fun doing it anyway. So, ah, ha ha, And just think, people. Ha-ha. Just think, if you guys, you know, keep putting us out there, sharing us, and telling your friends about us, maybe I can quit my job and I'll just become a full time writer because that's something you guys should all seriously think about. Yes. I got good things in this brain of mine. Yeah, bing bong. <laughs> Especially on the on the driveway over, and we'll get into that a little bit later too. Ooh, Kyle. Yes. Well, how's my week? My week was good. <laughs> Damn it! I know that's my <laughs> new segue. Yeah, right. Uh no, I had I had that uh, memorial for my uncle. It was good. It was really, uh, you know, it's always hard going through that stuff, but it was really for me good to connect with some of my cousins I haven't seen in a long time. For sure. And it was like. One particular Justin, it was like we never haven't seen each other in 15 years. It was, it was wild. Yeah. And the Joe Caputo mix of some of those relationships are kind of goofy, too. Because yeah. my cousin's wife used to be friends with Joe at Damon's and all that stuff back in the day. I forgot all about those connections there. Oh, goodness. Uh, I, saw, I saw Hot Dog Next Mom and... Yeah. Um, it, was, it was good. It was good to see a lot of good people. So. Oh, good old Hot Dog Neck. Bing bong. Yes, Hello. Birthday is sometime soon. Yeah. Well, I think he's about 50. Yeah. I think the big 5 49. Something and like that. 49 for the sixth year in a row. He's going to hate us because he was so excited about the the button. Bing bong. Hello. He's 49. <laughs> yeah, right. It's a love hate relationship, pal. Well, that's what you get with what happened to the Red Wings when they were down oh. in the hot dog necks area this week. But we'll get to that later. We shall get to that later. What do you want? Do you want to start off hot with the sitcoms? I, I figure we'd start off hot with the sitcoms, given all those people that, you know, say they really want to listen, but they don't like the sports stuff. Give yeah. them something to listen to up front. Holler. I'm down for that. Do we have any music for it? Probably I, not. Probably not. No. You want me to play the Sox Sanchez funny shit of the week music just because? No, I'll make something up. We'll call it the Socks and cake top time. Where have all the cowboys gone episode? Well, let's just get into it then. And we'll do All right. So, uh, sitcoms me and socks both went over doing our top 10 favorite sitcoms our personal favorites yeah understand there's tough shit yeah there's gonna be some uh ones that people aren't gonna agree with and you know you can take your tissue box and sit in the corner of your room and cry to yourself you can always pound sign us yeah you can pound sign socks on twitter you can hashtag me on facebook yeah so pound sign us give us your thoughts yeah maybe we be you know, you can argue with us. I know we're all friends here, but, you know, that's part of the game. Yeah. I'm not trying to be like a Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> I know people like Rush Limbaugh. I was trying to think of somebody like asshole-ish. Who's that? Joe Rogan's kind of asshole-ish right now, right? Skip Bayless. There we go. Skip Bayless. <laughs> Everybody hates Skip Bayless. So, uh, yeah, that's part of the gig. So, you want to start off? Number yeah. 10? No, uh, my number 10, I had The Golden Girls. It's tough not to not like that one. Well, you know, it's all the... Funny one-liners from the show, Betty White being ditzy as yeah. all hell as yep. Rose, B. Arthur uh, being, being the, the asshole to everybody. And the slutty one. 
Oh, wait, no, that's no, MB that's, Arthur. That's, that's uh, Rue McClanahan. Yeah, Rue McClanahan. But, uh, yeah, you know. And, the, and, uh, and Dorothy, not Dorothy. No. Why can't I the think? Grandma. Yeah, I dressed yeah. up as her for Halloween. You did. Uh, Stella Getty. Yes. She <laughs> she nails that part, and she was the youngest one on the show, by the way, I think. Yeah, which is crazy when you watch that show. But she was epic. On the, she had the best yeah. one-liners. Yeah. Good number 10. Yeah, what about for you? What I have you? a three-peat because I started losing my mind. Yeah. Uh, I had Modern Family. The reason that for me it's not up higher is kind of the end is kind of, if they would have ended like season six, seven-ish, I think it would have been fine, and I kind of lost track. Uh, I have Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yep. That was one we talked about. This was an episode we talked about. Yeah, a long time ago. Long time before we even started the show when we were oh. trying to decide how we were going to nail out our uh, formats for every show. Right. We talked about doing countdowns, and then it, we got 28 episodes in before our first countdown yeah. show. Yeah, thanks, sports. Uh, and then my other one for number 10 was Wonder Years. Uh, that is just a show growing up when... Yeah. Well, I guess teenager, I guess it was just one of those shows that I think Joe Caputo was quoted once as saying Winnie Cooper's an asshole, but I could be no, wrong. No, it was uh Kevin Arnold's an asshole. Oh yeah. He's such right. a shelfless prick. Oh yeah. Which right. you know, you watch it back now, he kinda was a dickhead, but uh Good job, dickhead. Yeah. So based in the sixties, but it was it was a good all around show. Yeah. My uh couple honorable mentions I had for the list were Brooklyn nine nine, which I've been watching a lot lately, which I really enjoyed, and the league. Yeah. Because in that heyday of when we were first Starting, doing fantasy yeah. football and watching the league was really uh, those, hilarious. Those are mine too. My honorable mentions. I have Sports Night. Now it's been. It's oh, I forgot about Sports, but Night. it's one of those things that I haven't watched in so long, so I can't really. I can't quote anything from it off the top of my head right now. Well, it, was, it had a decent amount of drama, but the it, fact that it was a parody of Sports Center yeah. and there were some good one liners. There were some. I just remember that. I just. I can't tell you. That's when the doctor's going to enjoy that pick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I had Golden Girls and I had Schitt's Creek as my honorable yeah. Schitt's Creek, I just I watched. I do love, <laughs> love some Schitt's Creek. It's, it's very well written. I agree. So, Bob, I, we have plenty more of honorable mentions. We'll yeah. go over those when we get to number one, too. Yeah. And then uh, my number nine is The Simpsons, longest running animated series yeah. of all time. <coughs> Pardon me. Really set up. Shows like South Park 100%. and Family Guy and American Dad and Futurama. Basically, it's the animated version of uh, modern or uh, real life sitcom, I yeah, guess, right? Like, and The Simpsons tends to like skew more towards like it's okay for kids rather than some of these other shows we're going to talk about. Sure, but, you know, yeah, it was the OG, so that's why that's it's number nine on my list. That's fair. I, I, you know, I like The Simpsons, but one of those things like I never went out of my way to watch it. Yeah. So that's a respectful thing. Mine and people here comes the booze, but mine number nine is Seinfeld. Boo. Uh, I started rewatching it again, and I'm not saying that it shouldn't be you know top five because it should be. I there's just other things on my list I watched more and seen more of, and uh, I will tell you though the Elaine dance is one of my favorite things ever ever I've ever seen. A lot every there's so many things in that show. Oh yeah. Episode per episode, just every character was. Phenomenal, George being George, just everybody. You know, it was, it was probably the the top four characters almost of all time. Like I said, like I put it at number nine. I'm saying this, but it was just one of those shows that I just didn't hardcorely well and dig it's, into. It's a show like we're going to talk about it later on my list because it's a little bit higher up. But it's a show that didn't age the greatest. Like there are some of the episodes that haven't aged greatly well, yeah. and just the way people are treated. Because uh, it turns out like that those 
other I mean Kramer's pretty decent but everybody else pretty much sucks in that show for yeah. the most part yeah so uh, yeah, yeah but it's, it's also funny too that most of the stories are from Larry David so that gave me that gives a little perk for me well and the fact that a lot of shows since Seinfeld have taken that blueprint of 100% you know they, we don't necessarily need to be pointing towards anything at the end of a season we can just be done right. exactly yeah so yeah I really it set the it re it recasted the sitcom from like the seventies, eighties. It kind of rebumped it up again to what sitcoms are. Yeah. Uh, what about your number eight? My number eight, I have Brooklyn Nine Nine. All right. Huge Andy Samberg fan. Uh, you know, it took me. I I thought when he left SNL, I was you know, anytime I have somebody that I like leave SNL, I get a little bit bleh about it. So it took me a couple of years to get on the on the train with it. Wonderful show. I just everybody and their character. Uh, Andy Samberg makes me laugh. You know, let's name your sex type, that kind of stuff. Uh, Terry, the whole uh, cast I think was uh, done very well. It's everyone what? plays their roles very 100%, 100%. well. Hundred yeah. percent. So that, that's my number eight. You, uh, South Park, mm-hmm. number eight for me. You know, I know it's a big one for you and the cowboy, and I do love me some old school South Park, but it's it's lasting power just like the simpsons is spectacular uh both of them lose some points for being animated but even though i still enjoy these shows but it's just like dirty fault is the vulgar dirty animated uh dirty cartoons for adults yeah i have that one higher on my list so i'll go to that a little bit later for me yeah and then uh number seven i have it's always sunny in philadelphia see i could have put that i could have put that on my list it was when I was getting down to it, I just because I haven't watched, you know, let's say season eight and after. Yeah. It's been on like 15 years now. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, but every episode, I mean, that first one, two, three seasons, every episode was fucking politically incorrect bananas. No, and I love the way they use uh, Roddy Roddy Piper yes. in the show. And yeah. I've always loved the way that he's been used. Uh, I just think it's an all-around great show. And when Danny DeVito starts appearing more yeah. and more, him and Charlie. Yeah. Con- I mean, Charlie's Charlie. It's just everybody. And then, like I said, one of my favorite episodes is when they open up that gay bar in accident. Mm-hmm. And um, Dennis. Dennis is just owning it. And it was one of my, it's just you and I just think of you and I bartending. Nope. Because we would, of course, we would own that shit. Yeah. When, w- w- once we start our go-go boy career, we will be it's killing sh- it. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. After we, after this fails, that's where we're headed. Yeah. Next. <laughs> Next, so maybe don't socks, us. socks and the cake is go go boys at your local yeah, dance. So, club. so maybe don't let us listen. So we fail, and then you know what? You just have to put twenties in my G string. That's right. Giddy up. Uh, number seven for you, socks. Arrested Development. Nice. Uh this could potentially be higher too. But you know, I I was thinking about it. I don't think I I might have watched the re release or the re when they came back with it. Yeah, I just can't remember if I have or not. So that's why I kind of drop a same thing. Character written show. You know, Job. Hundred percent. Well, just the fact that you could make the like, even if you hadn't watched the uh, reboot, George of Michael, it, Michael, and other reboot, it ran great. three seasons. Yeah. It ran three seasons on Fox, and people talked about how greatly it was written. Uh, Bateman's of G. Yeah, your uh, stepdad Ron Howard does the narration for it. Ron, Ronnie, Ron. Yeah, Andy's in the reboot too. Yeah, yeah, but, but yeah, Bateman will or not. When you see. You see little odes to it and all these different things. Like we were watching a cartoon, me and Kennedy, the other day, and uh, they had the knock down the banana stand, and it was the banana stand from Arrested Development. Awesome. Just little things like that, sure. you know. Sure. Uh, 
but no, great show, uh, great cast as well. Like it was, it was a good, it was a good progressive story for being only those couple seasons. Right? Well, they brought Jason Bateman back out. He had been gone, gone. for a while. Yeah. Uh, introduced us to Michael Sarah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which, yep. which is great. Well, you know, and it's it's funny with Bateman is because he's kind of like the the serious character of the show, if you would call it that. But he just nails that part where he turns that serious character into everyone else causing it's it just reminds me of our family sometimes right well and uh david cross is in the show he plays a, lot, a great character yeah like uh the guy G, or just like some of the cameos like uh julia louise dreyfus yes. plays a blind lawyer or, or quote-unquote blind, blind lawyer, lawyer in the yeah. show uh see now those are the things that we're making these lists i was trying to like go through my rolodex and because my memory is so wonderful trying to think of the specifics right but there i know there's the reason i put these in a certain order is I just remember how it made me feel when I watched them. So that's what I'm going with. Yeah, that's good. Uh, that's why I'm relying on you for specifics. Yeah. What's your number seven? Oh, you already did that, didn't we? Yeah, my uh, number six is one you talked about already, Modern Family. I really enjoyed it. The w- great one-liners from uh, Phil in that show. I, I, I think Phil Dunphy, and uh, I'm looking at my list here, I think Phil Dunphy is my favorite dad on a show ever. Yeah, I could probably say the same thing. I would say uh, Al Bundy would probably be a close. That, that was, yeah. Um, or maybe Randy Marsh. True, true. Uh, when he when when Haley goes to college and he has the Phil's last of ease or whatever, that was like <laughs> the, the cake for me. Oh, I know. You love that shit. Oh, that was my favorite. But it, uh, I just like the way the show was done. It was doc- done documentary style, almost seeing that you were actually peeking into the life of a real family and right. the different ups and downs. It made it unique a little bit. Yeah, blended. And just a top-to-bottom great show. Uh, I know it doesn't get as much love as some of the other shows on this list, but for our time frame... It w- and I think because of that, is, I think it went a little bit too long. Yeah. I think when you know Haley's going to college and all that stuff, it could have been gradually ended there and then i you know, turn it on and everybody's like 40 all the kids i'm like holy shit what did i miss yeah, luke, yeah all the kids are out of college yeah basically when luke's things. balls drop i'm like i, f- I don't watch many of those yeah there's luke and manny for that matter there we go yeah well we on five six six what do you have for number six well i have the office okay that could okay. be higher based on i'm looking at it now but do you ever watch the english version the uk version I've seen snidbits here and there. I think it was only two seasons. Yeah, two or three. Give I know I know all of us love the American version of The Office. Is one I think one of the best, obviously, ever. Um, watched UK version. Watch it with subtitles, but it's just it's a little. I think it's a little bit notched better. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, The Office, man, you can't. We'll we'll talk about more because it's I think yeah. higher in yours. Well, and. You, now that we have the new assistant to the regional manager at my job, DG. DG. Yeah. 100%. Dwight Gullowitz killing it. Uh, number five on my list, Parks and Rec. I had that as a, one of my honorable mentions. Yeah, it's I, Looking and thinking back about when I watched Parks and Rec, which was a couple of years ago, but ran through it all the way through, and it's just stuff. Like, it's a nice ensemble cast. You got uh, Chris Pratt. Plays a great character in the show. One of my favorite characters. Uh, Ron Swanson. One of my favorite characters. A great character. Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza. Those three for me took that cake. But like Leslie Nope is great in the show. Uh, 
Aziz Ansari spectacular yeah. does a spectacular job. Now it gets a little spotty near the end when they start adding new characters and right. But yeah, um, when, when Rob Lowe comes in, was he on, was that him? Was that Community? No, he w- he comes in and then leaves because when Rob Lowe yeah, comes yeah. in, he gets a little spotty and whatnot. But uh, top to bottom, pretty great show. If it's in that same, if you like The Office, you will probably also like Parks and Rec. Yeah, typical. I want to say typical NBC show, but like, you know, Superstore Community, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's that same kind of documentary style, like uh, almost like a look and, in. And props to Amy Poehler because she did nail that show. Oh, yeah, she nailed that character. There's no one and, else. You that, know, we talk about characters, you know, no guy will not like Ron Swanson. Well, and that's one thing that we're, like, in these shows that, we talked to, that we've been talking about is just the one thing that we keep saying is great characters, great characters, great characters, well, great writers. Well, relatable things that, you may, part of the reason it makes us laugh or feel a certain way is because we relate to it too. Mm-hmm. Even though it's on a different scale or a different part of the world, or if it's New York and this place is in Indiana, but as Midwestern kids, Michigan kids, we can relate up to the Indiana. You can just see that playing in our community. So we don't. Oh, no, absolutely. It's just, you know, the twist of comedy on it. Yeah. Uh, what do you have at number five? I have Family Guy. Okay. Nice. Uh, you know, one has been on since Bing Bong. Was on hello. Since 99. Been on since '99. Took the year or two off, and then they everybody, all the fans wanted back. And since the reboot, uh, been on fire. You know, it's kind of like South Park. You know, stays up with current events. But what I like about it the most, I think, is when they bring back flashbacks of old shit, like '80s stuff, like. For example, the Kool-Aid guy running through walls. I think stuff like that. The Back to the Future references that they have in that show. You know, just the over-the-top dragging out comedy that Seth MacFarlane does on that show. Well, and it's just the randomness. Like, there's a right. epi- one of my favorite episodes. It's the Popeye at the doctor. Yeah, yeah. And he's just talking in his little Popeye. I, 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 I speak, and the doctor's like, yeah, I can't believe you've ever been checked out. Like, that's cancer in your forearms. <laughs> yeah. and you're, oh, I'm like, yeah, about four to six months. Right. <laughs> and then that's like, the show is what, you know, 19, 20 minutes long. Fucking 17 of that is like flashbacks, and two of it is like the story. Yeah, That's right. what I love about it. Just the flashback, the randomness, like you said, the flashbacks are one of my favorite parts of that. What was that your number five? Yeah, so not my number four. Uh, I have that 70s show. Okay, nice. Uh, I have seen every, you know, it's just one of those shows that was on some channel late at night, and I happen to watch every single episode front to back, and the story of Eric Foreman and all that jazz and his dad and the circle, it just... I feel it was just one of those shows to me. If I feel like if I grew up in the seventies, like that was Eric Foreman. Well, uh, it'll be interesting because Netflix is doing a reboot that '90s show, which will have Red and Kitty returning with uh, the grandkid. For yeah, for their granddaughter uh, Leia. Yeah, will be coming to stay for the summer with them. Yeah, See, weird. that's the that's perfect. Yeah, but uh, I did read that uh, it seems that Eric and. Uh, Donna and Ashton Kutcher's character and uh, Jackie will be Kelso and Jackie. Yeah, Kelso and Jackie will be showing up for the show a little bit. That'd be, too, that, so. that'd be good to see. I mean, you should. It's kind of like the new Full House. Like if Danny yeah. Tanner didn't show up, it'd be really awkward, right? Yeah, that would be. So, uh, yeah, you got four. Yeah, uh, my number four uh, we talked about already was Arrested Development. Just as I said, it's a show that I can. I can go back, watch a couple episodes, stop, and then return back to it whenever. And those first three seasons, there's not a single episode that I'm like, oh, you can't watch that, you can't watch that. Like, it's 
spectacular show. I love Jason Bateman in it. Uh, the G. They're the mother. Oh, Walter, Jessica Walter. Yeah, Jessica Walter. Just the guest stars, everything about it. It brings me to the point, too. One of my shows I had on our mention was Archer. (laughs) And I always think of um, the mom on Rest of Development because she's the mom of Archer. And it cracks me up. Yeah. But uh, then number three, I have Seinfeld. Yeah. (laughs) It's hard not to have it in your top. Like I said, I know I put it at number nine. It's just because I never got hardcore into it. Well, I just, I remember watching Seinfeld. It was on Fox 17, like between. Four and six and eight. Oh, there you go. Yep. Uh, when I was in high school, and that's how I got caught up to it. Sure. Watched every episode, got caught up to the current episodes that were airing at that time. Watched the season finale or the series finale when it happened. Uh, was slightly disappointed, but then when you go back and you watch it now, it's not as bad as it was when you originally saw it. It was more of the recap of the whole show. The shena- like, you know, the shenanigans of the show was fantastic. Yeah, no soup for you. Yeah, all that kind of, like they said, the Elaine dance. Oh, yeah. Just what I watched, in general. What I watched from 68 was either SNL on Comedy Central or Kids in the Hall. That's that's fair. I thought about, I thought about, I mean, you could probably do sketch a top comedy. 10 sketch comedy I one, thought about that, yeah. Except number one, we know it would be, so. Uh, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, Probably, but uh, I don't know. Me and you, me and you might, you know, Ben show straight to the top. Uh, you know, Chappelle show. Oh, I didn't even think about Chappelle show. Kroll show. Yeah. All right. Anyway, moving but you're on. number three. I had South Park. Okay. Oh, did I say that already? No, no I did not. South Park. Once again, it's, not, it's almost one of those shows that I don't go out of my way to watch, but you know, it's on. You know, it's kind of Comedy Central's baby at this point now, so it's on, and just. Uh, the vulgarity of current events, the, the way that they turn current events into just different perspective, just like turning the current events into a, like, hey, this is bullshit, and then the way that they portray the bullshit is one of my fantastic things. That well, they, and the fact that they, they can churn out an episode in, like, three days and, like, be right on top of things that are happening in our lives. Right there. It's it's going to be must, one of the most relevant shows just because of that. Because it's, it's, it's not like they write the 20 episodes prior. It's, like, week by week. You know, I think I brought this up before, and I will always bring it up for what put it over the top for me is when P. Diddy was on Carson Daly. And so was uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker. And they're like, hey, what's your episode about? And they said, oh, we haven't written it yet. And it comes out literally on Thursday of that week. This is on Monday. And the episode was out, P. Diddy, Vote or Die, and the Turd Sandwich and the Giant Douche and all that stuff. And the, the way they turned it off the that off that show and Carson Daly was on the show, one of my favorite things. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt that those guys are uber talented and they've been churning out good content that hasn't gotten old year after year after year after year for 20 some years and like i said for current event purposes you know they're writing episodes of what happened two days ago well and it's interesting because i was talking to a guy at the bar this week who it's almost coming full circle because now he has a 14 year old daughter and she's getting into south park so now you're seeing this whole full circle thing come and i'm sure one day We'll be talking about this with my daughter. Well, yeah, 100%. And, you know, the, the way that, you know, yeah, it's the four kids. And then, you know, you throw Butters in there for a little bit to build him up. And then Rainy Marsh comes out of nowhere 10 years later. And all the Towley and all these characters come through. And even one of my favorite parts is in Imagination Land when they're about to go th- throw nukes in her imagination or whatever. And they, imagination. And they send Kurt Russell in and they talk about the uh, woodland critters. 
and stands like from because that was from several years before. Like I love the. They still go back. Yes, they they as keep the they same have jokes from, going. They have, much as they have an age from fourth grade, but they still go back to oh yeah, I wrote with Will and Critter. Oh no, it's the, you know I I love that kind of stuff mm-hmm. that they go back to what has happened. They bring some of that for not every single time, but they still reference. No, absolutely. I I don't disagree with how great South Park is. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so top two, my my number two is The Office, yeah. U.S. version. Like there's, I, there's not enough good things I can say about the show, with the exception of the Scott's Tots episode. Mm. That episode can f right off. Yeah, it's too awkward. <laughs> yeah, but that's part of the greatness of it. No, no, it is Michael Scott is that character that he wants to be recognized. He's a do-gooder. He wants the attention, all that stuff. But one of my favorite parts of why you have to like Michael Scott is when Pam had that art exhibit, for example, and nobody showed up. She had that picture that she drew of the office building. And he just went up. He's like, "Hey, how much?" So we can put in the like. Yeah. He was very genuine, but he was also so genuine and so wanted to do the right thing that it was awkward. And that, would- yeah. Well, and you know, Steve Carell was just just famous enough to where he wouldn't like overshadow the whole show, right? right. But like people would he was still big enough in. that he should be the the lead. Yeah, and you know, no one else on that show was known. When they started out, they did that on purpose to try to keep it so it would be as much of that documentary style as they do. And the just so many great one-liners. Like, Kevin's probably one of my favorite characters yeah. on the show just because when Kevin says something funny, I'll remember it for days. Well, then, you, you know, you have the simple fact, the Dwight and Jim battles. Yeah. You know, you throw in... Creed. All, yeah, you throw in all uh, Michael's women into the mix and how awkward he is with everybody and just it's that you know it's that corporate boss that you just like i said he's just he's trying to do good for everybody but he's just so bad at it at the same time that's awkward and yeah there's been times where i've had to turn it off too just for the simple fact like holy shit this is blowing my brain right now yeah like it just you like you start feeling awkward watching like hr nine one one. yeah you know all right what's your number two i have friends I'll be there for you. Part of the reason I have friends, I like all the characters. I think it's overrated as fuck. I know you know. Um, I like all the characters. Part of the reason I like it too is it reminds me of my childhood. When my mom and I lived in an apartment, and then she lived with her best friend, and then just to blow a couple uh, floors down, more more friends that they all work together. One of them turned into my aunt, I guess, because it was. It was Jeff's sister. You know, just things like that. So yeah. it kind of brought me into that family. Um, I, I, I think that show is great. I think it was a good, relatable adult show for certain. Um, I like Monica's Madness. Reminds me of our friend Alyssa. Cereza. Um, yeah. No, I, it, I, I understand why people like the show. It, especially during that time frame where it was destination TV to be somewhere when on Thursday, <coughs> but it just <coughs> never really did it for me. That's fair. So that's why it's our favorite. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go to number one here, but just, in, I'm going to hammer off some that we didn't talk about. Uh, taxi was one we didn't talk uh, about that. Taxi. I workaholics. Ooh, workaholics is good. Uh, uh, Big Bang Theory. I did have watched all that one. It's just, it was just, it's all right. It was all right. It was just a lot of the same. Yeah. Undateable. 
I meant to bring this. I wanted to bring this son up, and I thought about it. This was our. This is our thing. This is our friendship thing with yep. me, you. I think Burns and Joe. Um, if you never watched Undateable. It was on NBC. What 2013, 2015, something like that. It was on for two or three seasons. One of the only shows besides SNL and NBC to ever do live episodes, which made it that much greater. For the simple fact that that made the cast, you could tell the cast all liked each other. There was good um, chemistry with the cast. It was about a guy that owned a bar in Detroit, which is funny for us. Based in good old Michigan. Uh, Brett Morin. Uh, Ron Funches went on the show. But all the all the goofy characters in the background, like uh, Rick Glassman, I think it was his name. I can't remember who he played on the show off the top of my head right now. But he like his one-liners, he was the quiet the yep. quiet one. He was one of my... It's just I thought it was really well... I thought it could have gone farther. Yeah, I didn't think it, they really gave it that great of a shot because... Uh, when they moved it, it was going. Yeah, they kept moving everywhere. Friday nights live, and yeah, it just was, never had a great place for it to land. The times on. they really ruined the time slot for it. Anyway, yeah. uh, Bob's Burgers, I think, is great. Archer, Eastbound and Down, Eastbound and Down is spectacular. Uh, Married with Children, we kind of talked about. Um, what's his name for a minute? Mash is another good one that Mash. I wanted to talk about, but it's a little outdated for outdated for us. And then I have uh, Thirty Rock. 30 Rock was one that I kept looking at, too. That news tried. Radio. News Radio was the other one. Yep, News Radio was a good one. That, that show could have been on for probably a little bit longer if Phil Hartman's untimely death didn't happen. Yeah. And then uh, our number one, because we know. talked about this right before we walked in, and we both had the same show for number one, which yep. doesn't really surprise either of us, but it was Cheers. Yeah. Yeah. Sam. Everybody knows your name. Yeah. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Woody Harrelson on that show. Coach. Coach. But Woody Harrelson on that show, when, once Coach passes, turns into one of my favorite characters of all time just because he was so naive and his ignorance to everything. And it reminds he, me of people that I work with still to this day. 100%. And it just, I think that is one of my most underrated favorite characters of all time. The two guys at the bar. Norman. Norman Cliff. Norman Cliff. Paul. Paul. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all those all, all those side characters, you know, especially at the end, they started gravitating towards, you know, Rhea Perlman. And mm-hmm. um, one of the bo- most well-written shows, I think, of all time. I actually, and I think about this constantly, is I don't understand why there isn't just constantly a show on TV that's a comedy in a bar. Well, that's the funniest part, too, is how many times did they ever leave that set? They're they're at the bar throughout the 11, 10 seasons or 9 seasons was on. Yeah, they're at very, the bar 98.9% of the time. Like very rarely leave. I think they go to Sam's apartment a couple times. They go to... And Frazier's thing a couple times. Yep. And, or maybe Diane's or something. But anyway, yeah. they're at the bar the mm-hmm. whole... And that's phenomenal to me. Of how well you have to write to be in one setting the whole fucking time. Yeah. And Ted Danson, you know, Ted the ends, picks the bar, and yeah. all that. I, I think it's just the, the the written piece of all of that. There's never an episode that you're just like, oh, this is stupid. I, I just think everything was great. And then you have a spinoff with Frasier. Yeah, which is another show that, that could have easily been in our top ten. Um, you had well. Harry, the magician guy, come through, and then he wasn't he the night court judge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love that part too. Yep. Oh yeah, night court was another night court was one. another one too. I forgot. Yeah. Uh but you know Norm and Cliff Clavin. Yep. And Cliff has some of the best 
they're not necessarily one-liners because they're more like paragraphs. Yeah, they're like sto- They're like hilarious, like anecdotes. And it, 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 like, it's almost like Norm Macdonald comedy with him. Like okay. it's like if you stay, if you stay through the end. You're like, holy crap, that was awesome! But you have to get to the end with him. Right. I, he, he was one. But Woody Harrelson, um, in that, Woody was for me one of my favorite things. No, oh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more on Cheers. I. I think it gets a little boost from both of us because of the time we've spent working in the, the bar, the bar, bar business, business and the sports aspect but, of it. But there's always there's stories in it that can resonate throughout the years and still resonate today, yeah. and they always will. Right. And so it's a timeless show that I think will always be relevant to anyone that takes time to sit down and watch and it. And that's a huge point too because I watched, you know, I watched I watched this several times. I think the last time I watched it was maybe 5 6 years ago fully through. I forget. I always think in my head that that's like a you know like an 88 to like 96. It's like 82 to 92. Yeah. So this like this is like 80s before yeah, it was. I could walk and talk type shit. Almost. Yeah, it was before, like slightly before I was born, and a couple years before you were right, born. Right, right. So it makes it that much more epic for me. The fact that when it throws me through a loop, that the the comedy is relatable because I think it's you know, I, I don't. I love well, it. like me and you working in the bar, we all have those regulars that are just like Norm and Cliff, and right. you know, having that person trying to swindle people out of money that you always have to ask to leave, and right. just those little things that you know, ha- dealing with a restaurant, dealing with a close restaurant that is nothing but a pain in your hinds and and yep. all sorts of things, and just the way the show ended with uh, Sam in the bar, closing her down for the last time, and yep. uh, yeah, it's oh, and you can go visit it in Boston. Yeah, you can in Boston. In Boston, Pakistan. <laughs> So that does it for our uh, sitcom countdown of sitcoms episode. Did that do it for you, people? I hope I hope everyone enjoyed it. For all, everyone that's been waiting to listen to something that wasn't sports related, like I said, if you guys pay me to, so I can quit my job, I get a little bit more fact, actual facts in there. Yeah, but we are going to slide over real quick before we go to our first break. I don't touch a sports news. Uh, this afternoon, it was announced Calvin Ridley is suspended indefinitely for gambling on NFL games. He'll be out at least the 2022 season. That can't be reinstated or for the hearing in February of 23. Did you see his tweets? I did not. First thing he tweeted was, I bet 1,500 total that I never bet on NFL games. Oh, boy. Well, the, the part of the whole. Then he said he couldn't even. He wasn't even allowed to watch games at that point. How could he bet on them? The whole, the whole th- things of it all is the he left the team. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Was, I, he is he going to appeal? Did he say anything about that? I'm sure he He's got almost like has to. Days, almost yeah. has to appeal, but. It does not look good for him. Apparently, he... Uh, the only reason report- it looks a little bit better for him is the fact that he wasn't playing. Well, but reports are is that he still did... He bet on the Falcons or... On or yeah, like, you can't be doing Pete Rose shit. Like, on or against the Falcons. No, I love Pete Rose. Yeah, so... But you can't be doing that. But, uh, yeah, it looks like... For a guy that had Calvin Ridley on one of his fantasy teams this year and still somehow made the playoffs... Uh, it looks very not good. And then they only have Calvin Ridley. Look, we talked about this year. They had Cordell Patterson uh, go in, or going to be a free agent. They don't have many people for Matt Ryan to throw the Kyle ball Pitts. Yeah, Kyle Pitts. Ro- Gage. No, Gage is a free agent too. He might get resigned. Oh, Osiris Zacharias. Well, uh, 
Good thing there's a million wide receivers that ran up sub four four forty, which I'll talk about later. Yeah. Which annoys the shit after, out of me. Right after this break, I love your sweatshirt socks. My sweatshirt. I love your pants. My pants are on the ground because I'm I'm uh, getting ready to for the feast. The feast. Look, yeah. Are you talking about where you can get feast stuff? Yeah, I'm talking about where we can get. Where could I get a sweet sweatshirt? I like believe that? it's t e e spring dot com, Kyle. Uh, t e e t e e s p r i n g. Yes, no h's. No h's. dot com. T e. Hey Burns, you know where I got this sweet spine muster sports hoodie? Where? T. You know where I got this sweet spine muster sports shirt? Where? T. You know where Socks got his sweet The Feast hoodie at, Burns? Where? Tee. Or his sweet The Feast beach towel at? Where? Tee. That's teespring.com. T-E-E. Tee. S-P-R-I-N-G.com for all your Spinebuster Sports and The Feast merchandise needs. No H's. Tee. Tee. I will do the laundry. If you pay all the bills. That's uh, where have all the Cowboys gone. Episode 28. Welcome back to the feast. Spinebuster Sports. Where is the Cowboy? Where is the Cowboy? Uh, real quick, we're going to go. To, we're going to split up talk the hand just because I'll probably ramble on about some Red Wing stuff. So we're going to talk NFL Combine real quick. NFL Combine just news. I talked a little bit last week how hopefully as a scouting guru that Holmes is for Detroit that Combine's important, but I think a lot of other things are more important. Uh, however, yeah, I say that, and I, what I do all weekend, I watch the fucking Combine. So that being said, a couple of impressive people that I think jumped a little bit. I think Malik Willis jumped a little bit. You saw his arm talent. Uh, he didn't run the 40, which, whatever, it's quarterback, who cares? Uh, but he was tossing that ball 60, 70 yards down the field. Something I think ceiling-wise, he's going to be the most profitable quarterback. Kenny Pickett's a great pick there. But, you know, in my head, I was thinking about today, you know who he reminds me of? A little bit more mobile, Jared Groff. Jerry Gurf. So, eat what you want to eat there off that plate. Him and his eight-and-a-half-inch hands. Yeah, and, and there's all that weird stuff. So, yeah, another thing, arm length for Aiden Hitchison was one of the smaller, or one of the shortest of all the prospects. But he nailed the three-cone drill. He nailed a 10-yard split. His 40 was okay for a big guy, how he is. I think he jumped up a little bit. Um, that how can he jump up being the number I just, one? I just think he kind of solidified how athletic he can be. Okay. Because, you know, being a defensive tackle, you want to have a long reach to push the guy off. Yeah, his reach is a little short. But as far as grading off a of base of what has happened, he was he's in the top 1% of all time of defensive lineman grades of all time. So, you know, he he, did, he showed up and he did what he was supposed to do, and that's good. He didn't slip. Okay. okay. That one of the most impressive, you know, we talk about the 40, and I think the 40 is very underrated because, you know, how can you run straight down the line when there's somebody guarding you, first of all? I, I just right. I get it for top speed purposes, but yeah. how often do you get really to top speed? Anyway, one of the most impressive things with that being said is that 360-pound defensive tackle from Georgia, I think his last name is Davis. Patrick Mahomes ran a four eight forty, right? Jarvis Landry wrote, had a four seven seven or something forty. Yeah. This guy ran a four seven six. He's three hundred sixty pounds. Yes. Like I said, it's not as a defensive tackle is that can be relevant. No, but just the fact you like my favorite part is watching those big guys run. Oh god, because it's just it's 
for me, that's more of a show than anything than to gauge you based on your talent. There's other things I want to gauge you based on agility and. Well, and the only thing I didn't like about the forty time was like Friday night I'm working and or Thursday or Friday and I'm get like going outside to have my little five minute break and checking Facebook and it's this wide receiver ran well, this and well, ran that, this and ran and this goes, and then you like later on in the night you get the official times and they're all like a tenth of a second shorter but like we thought for a second that the that actual Leon Sandcastle showed up at the NFL Combine and ran a four two forty. Well, it's it was bananas to see all these wide receivers that are running sub four four forties. I think it's the highest group of wide receiver forty times there, ever. There were thirty one players that ran sub four four forties. Yeah, so obviously, as we speed kills, bro. Yeah, but does it? Yeah, I just. I, I it's, it's I think it's the most fun event to watch. Is it relevant to the game of football necessarily? Uh, based on all that, no. Because how I many? Like I said, how often do you get to your top speed? But as Enzo Amore would say, you can't teach that. Socks can't teach. Yeah, that's true, and that's what the combine is all about. You can't teach these qualities that these players are bringing to the table. Yeah. Um. But like the Davis, I just want to bring. Everybody's talking about it. Oh no! Every, they were talking about it all day. And my day. favorite, that fair is when they do like the. They'll have like four guys on the forty time of like ghosts. Yeah. Like old players, and Mahomes was put with somebody and somebody. Somebody's like, "Why are you putting me with those jokers? That's not fair at all." And he was like, "Oh, it's just funny." Can't remember. What you uh, the was. one thing I took or a little bit of NFL news that I took that was kind of funny over the last week was apparently the Washington Commanders have contacted every football team in the NFL to see if their quarterback is available for trade. They contacted the Chiefs. They contacted the Cowboys. They contacted the Packers. Apparently they made a really good offer for Russell Wilson. Yeah, and they're not that's he's not going anywhere. But it just uh seemed very Daniel, funny. To Daniel Snyder ish. Yeah. Weird. Like, like, ooh, we don't we know we're gonna get the first quarterback off the board, but we don't want that quarterback. We want somebody else. So. Uh one guy that did have a good combine for what it's worth is Kenneth Walker from Michigan State. Um, not necessarily his times and this and that, but when he was catching passes out of the backfield, you know, you do a split left, split right. he, his hands I think are very underrated. Yeah, they said uh, Haskins did, uh, benched did, did most bench presses. 28 reps, I think. Yeah. He's, a, he's a truck. Yeah. So um, be interesting. There's going to be some of these, uh, you know, state of Michigan guys that are going to creep into some places. Well, my, yeah. And I, and my, my, like I said, my favorite part is the big guys doing agility things. Like, I love watching offensive linemen do the directional, you know, left, right, up, back, up, left, right, go through. Just to see, like, because me being five foot eight and eh, two oh five now, I'd be breaking my knee trying to do all that right. shit. And then, like, even back then, it's I I like I watch. I am impressed how athletic well, big guys are. Well, we'll do a time of how long it takes us to get down the stairs. I'll do, yeah, I'll do a time <laughs> of how long it gets me to do a forty. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be like Usain Bolt's hundred meter time. Nine point nine eight. <laughs> uh so yeah, I just want to talk about that. Like I said, I the combine's great. It shows your athletic ability. I think watching tape and what you've done on the field is more important. What I did, another good thing about Malik Willis is the fact that he was helping the homeless out in Indy during the combine. Yeah, I saw a lot of go along stuff. with character um, character guy too. I think that brought him up a little bit too. There's a lot of interesting interviews on McAfee last week too, because there's a lot of the coaches that stopped in. Oh. Love Lovey Smith was there. Um the new coach for the Dolphins, who is out there, my man, like completely just out there. Uh, uh, 
he was the quarterbacks coach or something like that for San Francisco. Yeah, I can't think of it as he would. I I'm not sure if he was fucking with McAfee or not, but he, the he was just on another level. Good. And McAfee sat down with Vince McMahon, which was a very great interview. It's about an hour and a half long. You can find it on YouTube. Uh, if you like the inside pro wrestling thing, it's uh, it's just it's a way you don't see Vince very often. So, but uh, Sox, should we dive in? Hit the slapping. Talk to the hand. Welcome back to the feast. Brought to you by Spine Buster Sports. We're going to do a quick part one of some stuff, some some Michigan things. The cliffhanger episode. Oh, where have all the cup? Anyway, uh, go hit me. Hit you. Hit me. Detroit Pistons. Basketball. Tuesday, the Pistons lost to the Washington Wizards, 113-116. to 116. Grant scored 26 points. Cade, 20 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists. Bay, uh scored 19 points. They actually shot very efficiently in this game. It was shooting better. Uh, I think what like, we talk about is credit to Bay's not playing one-on-one basketball and he's sitting at the three-point line. Let's sit out there and, the, you know, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's been, uh, you know, very close game with the Wizards. Battled it out uh, and, you know, just barely lost it. But. And then Beef Stew's getting that. Nine and nine every night. Yeah, he's, he's playing much better. He's creeping not into defense. He's yeah. creeping into getting that double double every night, and it yeah. just makes me so happy. Uh, then Thursday, the Pistons win a close one against the Raptors, one hundred eight, one hundred six. Grant puts up another twenty six points. Cade, nice little double double with twenty two points, twelve rebounds, five assists. Bay chimes in for twenty three. I think if Cade Cunningham keeps doing what he's been doing the last week, uh, he's in contention for being rookie of the year. Uh, it's a little slow start. He had that ankle injury start. A little slow start. We're gonna play him, you know, twenty five minutes now. Now he's playing at thirty two minutes, thirty six minutes. Keep doing that, man. And then uh, Friday, the motorcade came home to face the Pacers. Pistons win one eleven one oh six. Bay with twenty five points. Cade twenty nine and three. And then Bagley chimes in eighteen points, eight rebounds. You look good. Yeah, Bagley was looking very good. Uh, and then Dwayne Casey made mention today of how professional of basically of an athlete uh, Isaiah Livers is. Okay. So I would hope to see a little bit more playing. He thinks that he's going to be a pretty solid NBA player, which you know we are all hoping for being from Kalamazoo. I mean, if he can be a guy that, you know. Come off the bench and stroke play, it. Can play good defense and come off the bench and hit threes, it would be great for us. Uh, he's got good stroke. So uh, hope, I mean, I, I hope he plays his playing time gets amped up here in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, winding down the end of this NBA season, NBA season, the Pistons currently are facing the Atlanta Hawks and are currently losing 84-86, 7.52 left in the fourth quarter. Defense has been a little bit better too, team defense. Yeah, Grant has 20 points as we speak. Cunningham has 15, three rebounds and six. Stewart hasn't scored a point yet, and Bay has nine. Bay has not shot so efficiently tonight. So to see that we're still in it is a good sign. Killing Hayes, 11 points tonight, Sox. Oh, boy. Bagley, 11 and 7 so far. Yeah, Hayes, and I love, I, I'm loving the way Hayes is playing defense. I know everybody's disagreeing me with the whole Hayes thing. We should move on and stuff. But I'm telling you, there's something more than filling a box score sometimes. Yeah. I don't know. And that's fair. It's just. I don't. I'm not expecting him to be a 2010 and five or a 25 and 10 guy. Like I don't think anybody was ever expecting that. 
No, yeah. if we can get him to hit a hit a three or two, play great defense, distribute the ball, mm-hmm. get your five rebounds. I don't need. I don't. We have enough scores to score. We don't give me eight points. I'm. I know. Yeah, we spent a first round. I get it. Let, let the process be. Yeah. Well, the Pistons hope not to be gored this Wednesday against the Bulls at Little Caesars Arena. Great. Friday, the motorcade rolls into Boston for a matchup with the Celtics. Then Sunday, Cade and the Pistons are back in Detroit to take on Reggie Jackson and the Clippers. Ooh, Ray J. Yeah, ooh. Uh, But as I was saying, there's 17 games left for the Pistons, including uh, after tonight. And they split about half and half. uh, Eight games against teams under 500. Hmm. Nine games against teams over 500. Uh they got some, they have a game against the Pacers yet. They have a game against the Magic yet, and they have a game against OKC yet. And those are some of the bottom. Those, those are the games, games we need to lose. <laughs> we need to lose many of these. Like, yeah, it's it's that it's the same thing with the Red Wings. It's like yeah, it's, I want to see them win, but give me we still need to progress this situation. Well, and we're right around having like right we've now, been playing great since New Year. Right now we're sitting in we're sitting in the third spot. Yeah, like draft wise, like. Sure. Uh, and we're still four or five games ahead of like the next draft pick. So we like we we're in okay area. It's just so we're stre- we're we're winning games right now that it could end us up being the seven eighth area. Yeah, like we could have easily went. And like I said, three. you want your team to win, but you got to be. I don't. I don't want to say you want to tank either because I don't. I don't believe in that. You want it, because as a player, you don't want to sit there and be like, oh, I hope my team gets a draft pick. You never know where you're going to be. Yeah. Who so knows if you're play your there. ass off. So it's a, yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Right. Uh, moving on into college, college basketball, Michigan, Michigan State. Uh, the Michigan basketball team we talked about last week on the show was two and one this week, yeah. going into the Big Ten tournament. MSU was one and two during the same stretch. Uh, Thursday matchups: U of M plays at eleven thirty on the Big Ten Network against Indiana in the morning. And Michigan State plays that evening, 6.30, against Maryland, also on the Big Ten Network. Who they just beat. Yep. My question to you, Sox. What's my question to me? Is this a must-win for U of M? Uh, I think they need to make it anything. I would like to see them win two games in the tournament. Well, the only the only reason why I feel like this is looking at stuff today, IU is sitting on the last or the four first out. four out, and Michigan's sitting on that line of uh, in out. Yeah. Look, well, some of some people have them in the last four in. Some people have them in the last four buys. But, like, either way, they're right on that teeter. Yeah. And I feel like a lost eye, you could flip-flop it very This, this matchup, because of the matchup, you're right. Um, I, even if we beat Indiana, I I think we still need to win one more, personally. Yeah. Uh, I, you know. Just to solidify Cowboy, Cowboy talks about all the computer stuff, and I get all that, but. There's also the human element of how they pick teams at the end of the day. Mm. And Michigan's just been everywhere. Now, I think the last, now, the last month, I think that you've shown a little bit more true colors with the basketball team. They want a little bit more, a little bit more consistent. I think that's going to help the cause. But if you get fucked, if you get smoked, you're right, Kyle. You know, that could be a flip flop and they could get real yeah. interesting. Well, and if they could sneak in, you know, they get this win against IU and maybe make it in as like an 11 or 12 so, seed. So, uh, did you read that article? Because who they would play potentially would be LSU. Yeah. Like it was. I think we played them last year or the year before. But just what a, what a, what a great matchup 
yeah. for both teams in that situation. Well, that's probably it's not necessarily because that's a great. It's fair to Michigan. Like they should be tested as the eleven seed, and I like that. Well, and it's the it's a good shot of you guys actually making it through to the Sweet Sixteen. Also too. true. So it gives us it gives us that chance. But I like the matchup as the fact that we're not like playing a weirder six. I get what I'm saying there. Yeah. Like I want they deserve to be challenged because I don't I don't think they've earned. They have, you know, you get what I'm saying. No, I know what you're saying. I think based on the last several years of being a Michigan basketball team is going to help get you over the hump as far as the human element goes. But, you know, if if they take a dump against Indiana on Thursday and, you know, especially with a blowout. Yeah. Uh, 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 NIT? NIT. Here Gross. we come. So I don't, I don't need <laughs> the that. Bad bi- the bad boy mowers battle for Atlantis. Yeah, right. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't think they've earned it yet. Computer or not, I, I don't see it. I, Well, they won the games that they needed to down stretch. Two weeks ago, we sat here on the show, and we said we wanted you guys wanted them to go 3-2. and two. Well, They went 3-2 and two in that span. Right. You know, they've looked – one of those losses was to an Illinois team where they pulled within two points in that game and then just fell apart. The one the point end. that hurt us out of all this over the weekend is Rutgers beat Penn State by one point. I think if Penn State would have won that game against Rutgers, the whole situation of the Big Ten in general – because I think Rutgers has a chance to beat – as much as Rutgers, you know, they I think they beat State – I can't think they gave us a run for the money and might have beat us. Yeah, they've had some quality wins in the Big Ten. You know, if we, if we get they quad one, I don't know quad <laughs> quad four. They probably haven't had quad four losses. Uh but they they beat Penn State by one. If Penn State would have won that game, I think I would have felt a little bit more confident in Michigan getting in. Right, as weirdly as that is. Yeah, I was hoping for that based on the standings, but. Yay. Looks like Notre Dame's going to take a very experienced basketball team to the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. The mean age is like 24. <laughs> they're all graduate. Them, them in Iowa. They're yeah. all graduate doctorates. 27-year-old, eighth-year senior. It's like that Bohanny guy from Iowa. He's like 40. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know what else is coming up next week, Sox? March Madness. March Madness. St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to St. Patrick's Day. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, Burns is away. He's usually the one that gets me to go out. Right. So, well, I mean, even if you're not looking forward to St. Patrick's Day next week, you could be looking forward to Tuesdays. Oh, with us. walked right into that one. <laughs> yeah, you did. Tuesdays with Soxy. Um, this is about you listening to us on Taco Tuesday. It's not Taco Tuesday. It's Feast Day, everybody. So, feast. Hit the enter. Hi there. Ever think, hey, why do certain days have certain nicknames? Like Wednesday being Hump Day, and Friday, and Sunday Fun Day, and even Monday has the case of the Mondays. Ever think, well, what about Tuesdays? Hi, I'm Sox Sanchez, host of The Feast. Tuesdays can suck, but they don't have to. Every 8 a.m., we drop our podcast called The Feast, brought to you by Spinebuster Sports, talking about Michigan sports, a little bit of comedy. We throw some poetry in there as well. So after you drop the kids off at the school, or maybe when you're doing your hair and makeup, maybe even doing your poop routine, give us a listen. Grab a cup of coffee. Just want to warn you, you might piss your pants because we're awfully, awfully hilarious. So every Tuesday, listen to us on all major platforms. The Feast, brought to you by Spinebuster Sports. Available on all major podcasting platforms. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. I will raise the children if you pay all the bills.
Bernsey. Where's the cowboy gone? Yes, Bernsey. Where's the cowboy? Oh, did you see that famous moment in Main Street pub history come up this week? Shared on Facebook? March 1st. Box? The box kicking cowboy. Oh, yeah. That should be... That'll be next week's Sox's side-splitting video of the week. No, next week. Remember I texted you about... What would be a good one for next week? Oh, never mind. <laughs> That'd be a well, little coming up. We'll show that at some point. We'll do the six month mark. That one I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to have all the sound bites uh, on, on the board. That's a little hint. <laughs> woo woo! Right? Is that that sound? Yeah. Woo woo! Okay. Anyway, uh, welcome back to the feast, episode twenty eight. Uh, what, what are we going into? A uh, second half of. Oh, we're going to do poetry. Yeah, before we get into the second half, talk to the hand and talk about all things Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, which I'll ramble and Kyle will stare at me. We're going to get, we're going to do a little poetry. The return of Poetry Corner with Sox oh, Sanchez. Yeah, we haven't done this in a while. Yeah, next week we'll have more funny shit from Sox Sanchez. We're going to take a week off this week. That's debatable always. Uh, but yeah, you should get LOLs. Uh, this one's a good dance tune, everybody. All right, we'll be right back. Mm. Spinebuster Sports presents Poetry Corner with Sox Sanchez. Groovy, groovy, jazzy, funky, pounce, bounce, dance as we dip in the melodic sea. The rhythm keeps flowing and drips to the MC. Sweet sugar bop, sugar bop, rocks it pop. You don't stop till the sweet beat drops. I sure improve as I stick and move. Vivid poems recited on top of the groove. Smooth my floating like a butterfly. Notes set afloat, sung like a lullaby. Brace yourself as a beat hits ya. Trip, trip, trip Fantasia. And that was Poetry Corner with Sox Sanchez. It's dip, trip, flip Fantasia, not trip, trip, you idiot. No, it's it's bitty, bitty bop. Funky, funky. US3, the cantaloupe song. Flip Fantasia. They got the little horn in there and stuff. You know, you know what I'm talking about? No. All right, I'll play it for you later. Uh, good dance song. I think it's from the 90s. It reminds me of Hot Dog Neck, so you're welcome. Oh, Happy hot birthday, dog to, Happy birthday. Part two. Part two. Should we, should we play the music again? Hand. You want to play the music again? Kind of, because I want to do my last com- Paula Cole comeback. Play it. Now. Now. Talk to the hand. I will wash the dishes while you go have a beer. That was the whole reason to play the Talk to the Hand music twice is for the Paul Cole aspect of this of the show. We're talking to both hands today, Sox yeah, Sanchez. Yeah, both hand job, hand shaking, hand job, hand, handshake. HJs for everyone. HJs for everybody. As long uh, as you're doing it to yourself. Do it. Yeah, well, hey, have a friend. Be back yeah. to back. Yeah, have a friend. Dutch rudder. Dutch. <laughs> I did explain what the Dutch rudder was at work the other day. Oh, boy. All right. Detroit Red Wings. Red Wings. Tuesday, the Red Wings beat the Hurricanes 4-3 to three in overtime. It was the Red Wings tied for the league lead in their 17th overtime game this year. Ooh. Yeah. Goals by Larkin, Rasmussen, Roney, and Lucas Raymond puts the biscuit in the basket with eight seconds left in overtime for the win. Biscuit in the basket is correct there, Kyle. Assist by Bertuzzi, Ernie, Gagne, Osterley, Cider, and Zadina. We're nailing it. 
That was yeah, solid game. Uh, good team. <laughs> Sorry, I was I was loading something up for the future here. Uh, good good win against Carolina. Uh, they're a good team in the NHL right now. Thanks for bringing that up, by the way. This? Because, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's I did write it out. It's on the next page. Yeah, and I got to remember how to say it, too. Uh, but good win, and then it went downhill from there. Yeah. And then Friday, the Red Wings visited Joe Caputo's favorite team, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and mm. lost 3-1. to one. Actually, uh was much closer of a game than I thought it was. It was, well, it was a competitive game. Yeah. Uh, our, the lone goal by the Red Wings was scored by Fabry with assisted by Sider. Uh, Sider at that point had an eight-game point streak, which was a record for rookie Red Wing defenseman all mm-hmm. time. He's got yeah, he's got an eighter and a fiver already. Yeah, still uh, uh, Mike Calder Trophy winner for sure. We were dominated in our own zone that night, uh, outshot quite a bit. Yeah, we have been all year, and going into the next game against Florida, what a stat! I can't remember what the the phrasing of the stat was, but it was like shots from the most dangerous areas or something in that aspect and we are just leading the league against like opposing teams are in the dangerous areas of the ice against us a lot yes. and that's it's ugly and that's why we on saturday the red wings went down to miami to visit hot dog neck and the panthers bing bong hello wow. and lost six to two to the panthers they did not tell those kitty cats get out of here kitty cat they did beat not it. at all Florida's a great team too Goals from Fabri and Bertuzzi, assist by DeKaiser, Lindstrom, and Valeno. Joy V. Yeah. It. Yeah. It just shows you where we're at still. And we were talking about the coaching thing last week, and it's like, I love, I want Blashill to be around, but it's starting to hurt my head of, one, is it, is it a still a talent issue on the back end with us, or is, is it a scheme issue? You know, it's... Yeah, yeah I'm looking. I'm looking at our defensive situation right now. Well, let me just. I'll go back to that point. Yeah. <clears throat> well, our rundown for this week before we dive into uh, some NHL trade deadline situations and Red Wing ac- ac- acquisitions acquisitions from this week. Tonight, the Red Wings look to Levy. Holy Levy. Holy Levy. Ole you levy. There we go. Tonight, the Red Wings look to hunt down the Coyotes in Detroit. Thursday, uh, things get crazy when Minnesota Wild visit Little Caesars Arena. Get crazy, yes. Then Saturday, the Red Wings will try not to get burned facing the Flames in mm, Calgary. Ooh la la. But as we're inching towards the trade deadline for the NHL, there are some Detroit Red Wings talk that's been out there about us maybe moving some assets. There's a lot of chatter. Well, first thing is uh, late le- uh, late Sunday night, the Red Wings claimed Oli Oli Ulevi, yep. defenseman uh, from the Panthers, for former fifth overall pick by Vancouver yes. in sixteen. I want to say it was twenty three year old defenseman played a lot in juniors, so he's had the North American game in his in his body. Um, now maybe it makes me nervous because this is his third different place already. He hasn't scored a point in the NHL yet. But as a prospect coming in, he was highly regarded. You know, maybe playing in Detroit could be a different story, but that goes back to the, my point of the defenseman right now. Is But we made some other moves that were kind of reflected, yeah. I think. Well, we had to make some move because, moves because Jacob Verana nears a return, potentially starting tonight. Yes. Uh, they made a couple. So they, they put Valeno down. Yep, they put Valeno down to GR. They brought him back up. I'm like, well, some, then they put Rowney on IR. Yep. Well, then they talked about Rana potentially coming back because 
They have put Danny DeKaiser on waivers. Yes, Danny DeKaiser expected to clear waivers. The former well. Western Michigan Bronco, been with Detroit for what eight seasons now. I believe former Urbelli's server, Danny DeKaiser. Um, you know he's been a stay-at-home defenseman. He got he had that back surgery a couple years ago, and he has just hasn't hit the the pace anymore. You know, I don't know. I'm not going to say that Stall and some of these other guys are better options, but he was going to clear, and you know he was going to clear because he has got a five million dollar cap hit, so it just made sense. Yeah. <coughs> so moving into this next week as the NHL moves closer to deadline, there's some names I want to bring up to you. Uh, one name is glaringly missing from my list, which we need to talk about, uh, and that is first Philip Zadina. Yeah, uh, I think I think if you move somebody like Zadina at this point, you're getting somebody in the same return in the same aspect of maybe a new change of scenery for that player as well. I would like to maybe package if you're going to move Zadina, I think you package him with something more epic to get something even more back, like a Tyler Bertuzzi. The reason I bring up Tyler Bertuzzi is because he is a point per game producer. He. You know he's a great teammate. All these, all these, sell him high. It's gonna. I mean, it breaks a lot of people's hearts. But I don't. Would that be a bad? I, I could go either way. I would be happy if he stayed. But at the same time, if you're gonna do it, do it now. If you package a Zadina with that, and maybe like a future first with that, and get somebody that is disgruntled. Now I just don't think you do that right now. But that's that's the only tra- that's the only way I would trade Zadina. Is if you're getting like you know they made a Jack Eichel trade with Vegas and Buffalo, or they, you know I don't I wouldn't give up Bertuzzi and Zadina for Jacob Chikrin out of Arizona. I think he's a great prospect. I think he's has that potential. He's just this year has been garbage, kind of. Uh, you know, and you're not going to trade those guys for a one year, you know, half a season rental either. You got to make sure these guys are coming back and playing for your organization the next several years too. No, that's fair. So you got you you want if you're trading Zadina. Want to do it with somebody big to get something big, but you want to make sure the player you're getting back you have for two, three, four, five—not even two, three, four, five years. Yeah, and the only reason and in their in their prime being twenty four to twenty six. The only reason Zadina is really brought up is because he is he a free agent this year? Or is it next year? He is technically a free agent, but he's restricted, okay. so it doesn't. Well, what about uh, Letty? Letty, uh, he's veteran defenseman. He's won a Stanley Cup. He's playing a postseason several times. Should be probably the easiest piece we should be able to move. That's part of the reason that we got Ali. Um, another part of the reason, too, is potentially, depending on how the rest of the Swedish playoffs go, maybe give Edwardson a call over and have him play a couple, you know, five-game stretch at the end. That'd be interesting. So you got to make room for something. Somebody's got to go. I think Letty, as far as asset-wise, you know, potentially get a second-round pick out of him. Um, you know, even if you get a third or with the, you know, conditional, hey, if you make it to the conference finals, it turns from a third to a second, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think he, he makes the most sense to move. Okay. And uh, there's been some chatter about Stahl being moved. Stahl, another one. But I think, especially now that the Kaiser, who was your alternate captain, is down, Stahl's your other one. I don't think he's going to go anywhere. Um, I don't know if he has a no trade clause off the top of my head. Could be a piece of easily that somebody would want, but I think he's going to be one of the veterans that would stay. He does have the best plus minus of Red Wings defensemen right now, too. Yeah, I think he just means a little bit too, a little bit more in the locker room than that and than Letty. Okay, and uh, a name that kind of I guess 
surprised me a little bit was Nemestikov. 13 goals this year, fifth on the team. He's got 23 points. And I think the reason being is I, I think even if we did move him, I think chances are he'd be back. Okay. Um, But another guy that can play any wing spot, can play lines one through four, play on the penalty kill, play on the power play. You can do pretty much any role, and you want as much versatility in the playoffs as you can. So as far as value, that's well, that's why he's on that list. He would be a rental to the other team, so you know, would the value be a first-round pick? No. A second or third? Eh, maybe. It's kind of the same, same thing as Letty. But you have the, also the chance of, because he's unrestricted, has a chance to come back to Detroit, and I, could, I see a lot of that. We move him sweet, but I think he'll be in Detroit next year regardless. Okay. And a name that I've been saying a lot these last couple of weeks, uh, Gagne, 20 points. His plus minus is minus six right now. Same thing. Veteran guy that could play any wing spot, center spot, win faceoffs for you. Great on the penalty kill. Great veteran. He's played millions of games. I want to say he's almost played 1,000 games. I can't remember. Oh. Um, and he's he's got a great, great deal. You know, he's only, we're only paying him a million dollars. So really cap friendly. You know, mid-round pick for him. As long as you have somebody to, I guess, depends on what we're thinking, too. You know, as long as you have somebody in the wing, like maybe do, do you bring a burger into Phil's spot from Grand Rapids kind of see how the young guys play out? Because you, you got to start thinking, too, with the NHL, if you play 10, 10 games in the NHL, you burn a year of your contract. But if you play nine, it doesn't burn a year of your contract. You still – they sign three-year entry-level deals. You still – on your – one of three. So something to think of at the end of the year, too. So you got to kind of play that out. Okay. And then one last name that was being brought up was uh, Stetcher. Yeah. Uh, right. He's got value because he's a right-handed defenseman. He's he's a very mobile defenseman, very offensive-minded, but can play great in his own end. Another cap-friendly deal. Kind of just depends on what we're doing with our back. You know, now that we put the Kaiser down and – do we want it, it just depends on where we're going so but i don't think he'd be coming back so he's on the end of his contract you know if you get a f- second through fourth round pick probably get a fourth e you know more assets why not all right well i mean what else uh any other pieces brownie um Rowney. he's a fourth line grinder type every playoff team wants one you know somebody like him <clears throat> excuse me him being injured this past weekend i can't remember what his injury is not sure um, that could hurt his value a little bit, but they are, there are teams that would have interest in him as well. Thomas Grice, the goalie. Yep, Grice was another one. Another one. Um, that's why I think he's been playing a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, another, another um, and then, you know, it just kind of depends on who's flowing out there and what kind of move Stevie wants to make. Well, and currently, uh-huh. actually, when I was looking at all this stuff, I started looking at where we are seated, like – uh, with the rest of the league in points, we're still going to have a top 10 draft pick. Yeah, yeah, we're looking probably top 12-ish. Because the West is stacked. Yeah. So, yeah, we're so that's, and then, you know, that's a whole another scenario that I can talk into a little bit later. We um, have 17 points just for making it to overtime in some of yeah, the it, season. Yeah, so. it's just, we talk about the top six. You know, having Verana, I can think will accelerate some things for us, our offensively. But it hasn't really been our offense. It's been our defensive coverage yeah. and all these dangerous area things and not getting out of the zone and not being fluid through the neutral zone. That's killing us. We have a lot. Our prospect pool is 
defensive heavy in my opinion. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are puck moving defensemen. So are we starting to deplete some of these stay at home guys that kind of, like I said, is Evanston does Evanston have a chance to come over? I think that I think has a lot to do with the Kaiser going. I don't know. I just have a weird feeling about him. Okay. Hopefully coming over, but the next year or two. We we still have to see all these guys that are young coming up, you know. So it's just when when are you ready to play them in the NHL? Do you still get a veteran or two? I mean, next season probably looking for a second line center. Uh, Trocheck's out there. Thomas Hurdle from San Jose is out there. Uh, Ryan Strom's out there. Uh, these guys, you know, twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight years old, would be great second line centermen for you. I wouldn't trade for them right now. Because they're all unrestricted free agents and they're all at the end of their contract. Just address them in the offseason. Don't give up assets for, especially because you're not making a playoff run. But something to keep your eye on. You know, that means suitors probably getting bumped down. Do you do something with Zadina, Rasmussen, or Verlano? Because, you know, or do they get bumped up in the line? Do you keep Bertuzzi? Some decisions that are. Will they be made by the trade deadline for us? Those type of decisions? I don't think so. But like Letty. Mestikov, Gagne, Stecker. I think those guys will probably be the low-key moves. All right. Yeah, we uh, can still use some getting some draft picks for 2023. We're, yeah. we, got, we got something like, t- I want to say, like eight to ten draft picks that, uh, upcoming this year. Yeah, so. and I think uh, I think we'll start packaging to move up a little bit more too. Uh, this draft, pretty decent draft. I think if you're in the top 15, top 18, I don't think, you know, anything can really happen. You just never know. These kids are 17, 18 years old also. Right. But um, there's a guy from, I believe, Detroit. His name is Nazar. Yeah, look, he's good forward, yeah. kind of in our in our range there. Uh, the top two, three guys are, like, any draft class ever, are always preloaded with Cooley, um, Shane Wright. And I like Brad Lambert out of Finland. Uh, but, you know. That's to be said for another day. That's still four months away. Yeah. Also, look out for uh, Western Michigan University Broncos hockey yeah. rolling into the postseason here pretty and soon. U of M smoke state. Oh, eight to nothing. Yeah. Oh. That U of M team. If you're a fan of college hockey, whether if you're a state fan, Michigan, whatever, watch the Michigan team. The fact that they have those first four of those first five draft picks. And they, they have people that were drafted the year before that are just smooth, man. So smooth. So smooth. Um, next week's episode. Next week's episode will be... Uh, bracketology. Bracketology. We will be uh, unveiling our brackets. We'll talk about uh, who we have going to the Elite Eight Final Four in our championship game and our champion. There will be points. Points. So just in time for the Cowboy to come back and get some points. Where is my John Wayne? Where is my where is my happy ending? Where have all the cowboys gone? Oh, I can't wait and for Burns the clown to my right. He's oh. amped up. Yeah, he's gonna be so, so amped up, ready to go. No, he will. He, be, he will be here. Yeah, because Wednesday he flies out. Bastard for Las Vegas. Yeah, that's our favorite holiday. I'd yeah, say. St. Patrick's Day. Whoop whoop. St. Patty's Day episode next week. St. Patty's Day. Yeah, pinch. Pinch me. I'm not wearing green. Oh, where am I? Oh, I'll pinch you. Mm. What did we learn this week, socks? Socks. <laughs> Your Two socks. Two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. Kyle, we learned that the combine 
in my opinion, doesn't mean too much, but at the same time, it means some. <laughs> right? It's true, because you spent the whole weekend watching it. Because I spent the whole fucking weekend watching it. We, we learned uh, how to say the name Oli Ulevi. Yes. <laughs> Thank God for YouTube. Yes. I couldn't remember. Uh, we learned that top, time, top <laughs> our top 10 favorite sitcoms uh, were pretty unique up and down the board. Pretty the same. Yeah, That's pretty a, much the same. The same like. for being friends. But just remember, those are favorites. You sh- I'm sure you have your favorites out there. Yeah, maybe I'll post a little graphic of mine and Sox's top maybe, 10. Maybe so. that 80s show is your favorite one. That's weird. It did have Dennis on it. It did. That's what, yeah, little yeah. props. Well, <laughs> yeah, see, we research. Uh, what else? Maybe that? it was Herman's head. I don't know. Herman. <laughs> maybe it was Parker Lewis can't lose. What else? Little surprise we didn't bring up two guys that grew up a pizza place. Though. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Dude, that was. And that other. Darman Greg. Boston Common was another good one. Boston had the haircut guy yeah. from uh Boston the, Common. The Rock. Yeah. Remember he's like, did you at least like your haircut? You remember talking about? <laughs> Sean Connery. Remember? You get stuck poor, in the elevator. Poor please? bastard. Poor bastard. I'm gonna eat one of these just to make my own head brain happy. Um, uh what else did you learn? Uh was it my turn. That if Cade Cunningham continues to play the way he is, not only will we play ourselves out of a number three pick, but he'll play himself into the rookie of the year. That matters just as much. Yes. Not, I don't know. Um, I learned that maybe Stevie Y might do something crazy at the trade deadline. I just think he won't. And I learned that we aren't complete without the Cowboy. I learned that I'm going to listen to Paula Cole on the whole way home. Just like the ride here. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's my fair part of the end. When the music stops. When the music stops. Yeah. Like when we put it in right here. Yeah. Hey, thanks everybody once again for listening. We really appreciate your support. Keep spreading the word. The Feast by Spinebuster Sports. Just remember when you listen to other people out there, we're way more fun. Yeah, we're way more fun than those other Michigan podcasts. Way more enthusiastic. We care about your feelings. Yeah. Care about you. Join us next week for our NCAA tournament picks and St. Patrick's Day. We'll talk about quad one. Yeah. We'll talk. Quad one. What do you want? He's a that differently, doesn't he? Dude, uh, Joe. Clay, Clay Warner or some shit. Christopher Lenardi over here. <laughs> Cowboy Lenardi. Yeah, that should be interesting. That's going to be a four-hour show. And a very special. Funny shit with Zach Sanchez. Oh, yeah. Woo-hoo! Get that reference. Be ready. Can't wait. Stay out of the game. See you for St. Patrick's Day next week, everybody. Happy holidays, Mexico. Like us on Spinebuster Sports on Facebook. Subscribe on YouTube. Spinebuster Sports. Spinebuster Sports. Hit the buttons. You nerdies. <laughs>